and welcome to A Burkamp Wonderlands. Uh, this is our post-game show for Southampton beating us 1-0 in the FA Cup. Yeah, I think the FA Cup is now anybody's trophy now that Arsenal are no longer in it. It's up for grabs. Uh, I think first person in the box when I was there, I think was and two three five one hundred. And we've also got a brand new member who is at mushroom level is William Moore. Welcome, William. Tonight or this afternoon or this morning, depending on where you're watching and what time it currently is, I am joined by Nick. Nick, how's it going? Oh, it's terrible, mate. I was all right. And then I spent 90 minutes of my life watching something <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, I'd say I would have turned it off, uh, you know, with 10 minutes to go, but I'd already wasted 80 minutes of my life watching it. So what was another 10? And I mean, it could have been worse. We could have equalised and had to watch another 30 minutes of it. <laughs> that, that was a potential issue in there. Um, but I'm glad we kind of, yeah, we, we can talk through it now. Hopefully it's cathartic for everybody in the chat box and for everybody listening as well. But let's let's start with the lineup. Uh, it was a raft of changes. Only four people survived who played the last game. Uh, was there any kind of surprises for you in there or does it just make sense yeah he was always gonna have to make changes I mean let's say we're playing them again on Tuesday I think Kieran Chen he's he's played a lot of minutes just lately and considering we've loaned out his I'd say backup left back yeah. a few weeks ago Kalasanats and for some reason we had um Cedric come in at left back yeah. uh, which is because I mean he's played a few games there for you know ironically Southampton so, you know, he didn't do too bad. The only thing I was looking at, I mean, Aubameyang, I think they said he wasn't there because of personal reasons. Mm. I don't know what those personal reasons are. Hopefully that's nothing major or serious. But other than that, I mean, and Ketir up front, nah, not really. I wouldn't have done that. But And another weird one, two goalkeepers on the bench. What, what, yeah, I, am, I imagine... Abamyang was traveling with the squad and we've got Ryan, you know, because we've only signed Matty Ryan yesterday. Get him to, you know, uh, get used to the players, what it's like on a match day. So he probably just traveled down anyway. It's, you know, not that far uh, for him to travel. And then because Abamyang had to go back to London, just stick him on the bench. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, because we usually have, what's it, the, I'm not sure, because we we've got nine subs or something now for mm. some reason in the cup. So usually they have, they have like a goalkeeper and another player for like the 18th man or whatever number yeah. we're up to now in case something. I mean, usually people like Ray Parler hit the, hit, hit the pub before then. So hopefully <laughs> well, he didn't do that. No, no, yeah, I'm sure there's a story with Ray Parler that he was up in the director's lounge for... Uh, <laughs> you know, pre-game before he was called in. Said yeah, I think he, he, was, he had about five points and they said, someone's pulled a hamstring in training. <laughs> so you're on the bench and he, yeah, he got to about 70 minutes. He's like, don't bring me on, boss. Don't bring me on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought the lineup was interesting. Um, it was nice to see Gabriel back after having COVID. Um, he did look rusty, but I think, you know, we're all still learning what the, uh, you know, what the kind of symptoms are after you know you kind of get covid and how people kind of recover as well we've seen st maximan at newcastle has been out for three months because he's had covid and i think the way we've brought him back was good interesting that we didn't see balligan start but again he played in the under 23s last night 
and scored a hat trick as well scored a hat trick and then we ended up with Inketia up there but it seemed like a bit like we're in the transfer window we need players you know we also need to rest players we've got a lot of games coming up so I wonder you know Arteta's kind of saying right Pepe Willian uh, Elneny Xhaka show us what you got there's a spot up for grabs on Tuesday because you know you could say the likes of Martinelli, he's got that option. He looked like the only person that was up for it other than um, Cedric, who looked up for it as well. I think they both look like that's what you want to see from a second string side is players who are knocking on the door of the first team, giving it their all. Um, And I think we can't hold Arteta fully responsible for that with his lineup. You know, that team was probably a starting 11 we would have put out against Southampton earlier in the season probably pretty close to it anyway um yeah start of the season that didn't look too far off our first 11 really so i could i mean you can't expect arteta to motivate a professional footballer as if like he's got to run around and tickle them or something i don't know how he's gonna motivate them like put wine gums down the flanks or something i don't know (laughs) you know professional footballers shouldn't need motivating you know they should want to first and foremost play and get into the first first team, you know, to say they need motivating that. That's terrible. Right. Yeah, definitely. Let's just get into let's get into the game. I think very early on, Southampton got a lot of corners. It was a bit nervy. But we kind of got through it. Uh what did you kind of reckon to there was that chance that they had where they hit the bar? Kind of nerve wracking first five minutes for you? Yeah, I mean we have I mean, I've actually been really good from like defending set pieces this year. I think we're over one of, if not the best, you know, defending corners and free kicks and stuff like that. And I think that was a bit of a fluke where he hit the top of the bar. Because I think remember when he done that, he sort of flipped his hands up as if say, Oh, I've messed up. And that was like, oh, <laughs> you know. And Leno was a bit <laughs> shocked as well. So whether or not that was a little bit windy there on the day, apparently that's really cold as well. So whether or not the wind caught it or something, I don't know. But I wouldn't never really normally I'm petrified anyone's got a corner against us over the last few years, but this season not so much. Yeah, I think it's one of those that we're kind of conditioned as Arsenal fans to get worried when an opposition team has a corner. And as you say, we're not actually that bad at defending them. I think the only one I can think we've conceded from was against Burnley when Abamyang scored. For us, uh, I think that's the only time we conceded from a corner this season. Yeah, but that was so, the only goal I don't count. Exactly. So we're basically we're the best team in the world at defending yes. corners, yeah. uh, and it kind of showed. But fifteen minutes in, we get a bit of uh, was a bit of I'm not going to say magic from Willian, but a great free kick routine where Martinelli's played in completely beats the offside trap, and he just couldn't get the ball under a spell. Is that just a bit of a just a bit of rustiness from Martinelli? I think we've done the thing where we left the player offside completely, so they were more focused. Oh well, he's offside. If you put the ball in, you know he's standing three, four yards offside. But obviously, Martinelli ran from deep, and like I said, he hasn't played a lot of football. He's been out for what a year, just about. I did get slight contact with it with his left foot, but near enough a miss hit completely. But that was a good play. I mean, we're supposed to got this like magical set piece coach, but you know, if that would have gone in, that would have been like one of the best free kicks of the season, you know, because obviously that's sort of something we could see we've been working on. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was just, yeah, I was 
felt so bad for Martinelli and you know could have been Willian's what first assist since the first season of the uh, first game of the season a uh, big shout out as well to Alan Bastard MP who has thrown five Australian dollar dues down our uh, down our thong uh, which for him will be into our flip-flop but who knows but anyway his comment is rotation was ridiculous play a second string side in a competition that we have a chance to win what was Arteta thinking um, mm. I was yeah. thinking I, I think he was thinking Southampton weren't going to go as strong as they did because, mm-hmm. I mean, they were saying before the game, that's pretty much their best side they could put out. So maybe he's thinking, I mean, well, they're probably similar to us, Southampton. They're probably going to finish mid-table-ish, you know, anywhere from 8th to 12th or whatever. So maybe he's thinking, well, if I can, you know, I mean, Southampton winning the FA Cup, that's huge for a club like Southampton, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it was an interesting way to kind of look at it from, I think at the moment, we need to really look at our league form and concentrate on that. We still need points on the board. If we were sitting pretty in fourth or fifth, or maybe even, you know, higher up in the table, then yeah, great, go with a strong 11, knock Southampton out of the park. But we've still got such a big squad and we've got Europa League games coming up against Benfica. We can't exactly throw the kids out for that game so if we really need to see and give some uh, good opportunities to the kind of fringe members of the squad to see what they can really show uh, especially in that forward line because we're saying um, you know we're hearing that got Martin and I'm going to try and get his name correct and Thomas from Norway please don't shout at me I have tried to get this right Udegar from Real Madrid, that's another player coming into the kind of positions that Pepe, Willian, Nelson would be trying to compete for. So there's plenty more competition for them. We've got, you know, I'll just kind of to them, with, you know, show us what you've got. And I don't think they reacted as well. But let's talk about the goal as well, because there's only one to talk about. And this game kind of could have been a nil-nil with the amount of chances created afterwards. But yeah, talk us through it. Oh, it's uh, Carl Walker-Peters with a cross. Yeah, I mean, he just done his man on the right back, put a cro- what, shot come cross, really, kind of fizzed it in, went past the man, and obviously Gabriel tried to put a block in, but invertedly deflected it under Leno, which, I mean, and obviously went into the goal for an own goal. I mean, it's, I think it's one of those... If Gabriel doesn't put a toe on that, it's going you know straight to the Southampton bloke who got in front of Rob Holding, so he could have just got a tap in. You know, I mean that's hard to tell because of the deflection, but you know, Leno could have caught it. We're not sure, but I think that's one you want him attacking that ball. Because if he doesn't and they score from it, we'll all be sitting there thinking he's got to try and block that. Why is he not even sticking a leg out? But you know, that's what it is. He hasn't played for what a month I think since he's it's been because he didn't he get suspended for a few games and then come down with COVID or did he come back between that? Uh, I think yeah he was suspended and then got COVID off the top of my head he might have had one yeah. game back in the middle. Yeah, he might have come off as a sub or something like that just before Christmas and then like, like you say he's off again but I don't knock him for that really I could have you know there's a few I mean there's a few chances we had and they had where they're deflected. And most of those, when they get deflected, they go out for 
corners and throw-ins and just come back into play. So I can't knock him. I think that's his second on goal of the season. But you know, I don't, I, what do you say, Josh? I don't blame him for that. No, I think he was unfortunate. And seeing what he was like in those opening 20 minutes, he looked rusty as hell, um, which is kind of a given because he's been out for so long. And, you know, we know that COVID is more than just a really bad case of the flu. And, you know, immensely coming back from that as well. We don't know how bad his symptoms were fully, but I'm going to take the benefit of the doubt that we've kind of brought him back when he should have done. And yeah, that's just a kind of rustiness that he wants to get there. Uh, Leno had it covered, but, you know, it's just the problem of just rustiness generally. Um, But otherwise, we kind of go through what's, Came through from the game. Southampton continuing to attack us at that point. Danny Ings with a great volley that just gets deflected over. I think it's Bellerin on the end of that. Um, and we don't really do anything to half time. So at that point, Nick, when we're at half time, what are you thinking Arteta's going to be doing? Is he going to be making wholesale changes or is he more kind of putting some of these players into the last chance saloon to say, this is your next? You know, show me what you've got. Well, I, I would have thought he would have brought on Lacazette at halftime for Eddie because I don't think he barely touched the ball in the first mm. half. But, um, well, obviously he didn't do anything at all. But obviously he must have had a few words in the dressing room because we were a little bit better second half. Not a lot, but at least I think we put them under a little bit of pressure for about 15, 20 minutes. But... Other than that, not really. But, I mean, what was he going to do? Bring another goalkeeper on? <laughs> yeah, I think at that point, I think the only player I saw that was really we could bring on would be Thomas Partey in midfield because we were struggling there. And, I, yeah, I didn't want to risk Lacazette again by bringing in Ketir off because he is so important to how we play. But was, would you say Partey was more just getting minutes into his legs after his injury? Yeah, just getting him I think so, that, more match fit than actually expecting him to turn the game around? Because I don't think he's a good player, but coming back from the injury, he wasn't going to turn the game around on his own, was he? I don't know if he's that type of player, really. No, I think he would have given a bit more dynamism in our midfield and a few more forward passes or be more adventurous with his passes, I think, with the players that we had in there with Jacker and Elneny. If the option is there for a safer pass, they will play it rather than risk a longer pass. Um, I think with Partey, he's got a bit more in his locker for playing out decent passes. And yeah, I do also think we needed to see a bit more movement from that front three that we'd given time to, well, bar Martinelli, uh, who I thought was superb in that first half. Everyone else just needed to be showing a bit more for the ball and bit of movement because as much as we go uh, Xhaka and Elneny are playing safe passes and not playing it forward but it's it's also a case of the players in front aren't making the right runs um, so yeah well, really and any runs at all to be honest yeah it was it was really interesting with Willian today because in the middle I think he did start playing and making a few good runs but not enough like compared to Smith Rowe, you kind of see a lot more 
dynamic runs in there, playing one-twos with the striker. And I don't know if that's because the striker isn't right to play that kind of thing or Willian's kind of, you know, Willian being Willian. Um, but yeah, 66. Well, actually, no, let's go through the substitutions because we get those in the 56th minute. Thomas Partey comes on for El Elneny uh, and then Martinelli comes off for Saka. Do you think that's purely about minutes in Martinelli's legs after coming back from his uh, twisted ankle? Yeah, I mean, so like I said, we brought Partey back far too early and just started him in, in a game that we won't mention because it's that <laughs> lot. But, you know, to bring him on half an hour, you know, 60 minutes here, 30 minutes at the end of the game because, you know, he's a young lad. We don't want to will shear him. We don't want, especially when it comes to ankles, you know, by the time he's 22, he wants to be a regular starter for Arsenal. To, in order to get him there, we've got to manage his career and especially for how energetic and enthusiastic he, he is. So, like I say, pretty much spot on with Wilshire. Going for balls he shouldn't be going for. I mean, Fair enough, go in for a 50-50, but this guy's going in full-blooded for like an 80-20 against him <laughs> and things like that. And I think that's how he done his ankle as well. But no, no, the what was it, you know, the, his first game back where we thought he came yeah. he came off injured. That was, you know, because he was chasing the ball. It didn't need to chase really. But yeah, just more minutes into him. And I think Saka came on and pretty much made an instant impact when he came on. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was Superb with Laka coming in there. Uh, so Saka coming on. I I did wonder him coming into that group was just interesting because he could kind of get that interplay and Eddie looked a bit more excited as well when Saka came on. He was making a few more runs. And I wonder if there's something about that that we should look into deeper. Uh, it's probably one for the podcast to look at that. Yeah. How Enketia looks a lot more up for a game when his mates are on the field, you know, the kids he came, the guys he came through with the academy. Um, it's just something a bit interesting about that. And so just on Martinelli as well, before we move on from that, I wonder if he'd done enough for Arteta as well to say, you got enough minutes in your legs. My star striker who normally plays on the left wing has, you know, couldn't play today or wasn't available today because he's got family issues what happens if he's not available for the game on Tuesday either and needs a couple of days off well you've shown enough I'm going to sub you off save you for save for Tuesday when we've got to play Southampton again um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got to I mean I can't I mean I don't I mean we've attacked him pretty much since he's been there but I can't see Pepe getting ahead of him or mm. Willian or well, I mean, Nelson, he can't even get onto a bench. We were picking goalkeepers instead of him on the bench, two goalkeepers instead of him. So I think he's his career is pretty much over at Arsenal, to be honest. I mean, people said he probably should have gone out on loan, but he's done the loan thing. He's come back. I think Emery sort of tried and didn't fancy him. Arteta didn't fancy him. He's probably looking for a new club in the summer, if not now. I mean, I think yeah, the only think- thing, the fact that he's you know, qualifies as a homegrown type player. Maybe the only reason he's actually in the squad at the moment. Yeah, because uh, Arteta did say in the summer that they did offer Nelson as a loan. Uh, you know, he was available to go out there because our squad was so bloated. As you say, you've gone through how many players can play in the wide positions. Nelson isn't there. You know, you know, he's like fifth 
fifth or sixth choice for a wide player and he'd said no i want to stay here and you know fight for my place but in hindsight it seems like him going on loan would probably have been a better option for him to get those minutes in his legs and you know get that experience of you know playing regular men's football hopefully at a higher level than or at least in the premier league um don't want to throw a disservice to the bundesliga where he was yeah, at least he could have got a, he wasn't I don't think he'd have been playing for coming back to us he'd have been playing for another club somewhere mm-hmm. like I said lower in the lower premiership or championship probably yeah absolutely um but then we get a shot from Nketiah I think it's the only like real shot I've seen from him uh all game uh Forster just gets a Forster just gets a touch to it I think the only reason I've mentioned this because it was a good ball from Pepe and I think if he does do go something good we probably should mention it um and then substitution uh Lacazette comes on for Bellerin I think that's another player we're saving for Tuesday uh Cedric moves to right back and Saka to left back um what did you make of uh Cedric's performance today uh left back and then at right back he did okay I mean he's not like this Hollywood banging down the wing sort of fullback that everyone seems to want at every club. But he's one of these, he gives you a good, what, six, seven out of ten every game. He doesn't seem to do much wrong. He's good. He can play both positions. He's okay at crossing the ball between okay and good, probably. You know, I wouldn't say he's world-class at anything, but he's just a good backup. And like I say, he can play both. I, I don't begrudging that but it was just strange because we then started to get a bit like say with Saka he then started to make things tick from the midfield and brought Lacazette on and then it was like oh we took Bellerin off but you put Saka who was the only person who was creating anything all the way back as left back so I'm like yeah. oh so you brought Lacazette on which well, it did actually nearly work, you know, later on in the game. But the only person that was actually going to set up someone for a goal, you went and put him even further away from the strikers than what he was five minutes earlier, which is yeah, it was, it was a weird decision. Yeah, it did seem a little odd. Um, I think it was the wonder of leaving Willian and Pepe out there that kind of forced that decision yeah. that because he wanted to leave those two out and get 90 minutes in their legs for whatever reason whether it's to show that, you know, this is your chance to prove yourself to me again, this is your last chance, or just a, you know, fringe player. It's always good for them to get 90 minutes in their legs and less chance of them knocking on the door, you know, next week and going, oh, boss, I want some more game time because he's got something to go, well, I gave you 90 minutes against Southampton, you did fuck all. Um, It was interesting to see Willian out wide, though, we looked better when Lacazette came off and I wasn't sure if that's because Willian was then out wide and not central or mm. if Willian was then playing better because he was out wide. Um, I think that's a, a question for the ages, that one, um, on why we look yeah. good. But what we can see is Lacazette is absolutely key to why we've been playing so well this season. Um, well, I said this season, these past five games or so. Yeah. Um, when we were good. When we were good, um, yeah, that's kind of ended now. Uh, sorry, back to normal service has resumed. At, well, that's uh, only Arsenal. one goal in like 500 minutes we've conceded. So, mm. obviously, it's all over now. Get back, Martinez. 
sell Leno <laughs> to Norwich or something. Yeah, well, he hadn't. Um, yeah, I think I think one of the things from my notes is that we Southampton didn't really create anything else other than that. Like there wasn't too many worries. Leno was was comfortable to a point with everything. Our defending might have been a little bit scary at sometimes, but generally I think we were all right. Um, but yeah, we created a lot of chances towards that, towards the end. And I think that's where actually my notes end. You can tell I gave up because it was 79th minute. I said we were creating more chances and we've still got to go over the fact that Shane Long dived for a penalty. But <laughs> uh, overall, yeah. what did you make of the game? Um, I know there's not too many positives we can take from it. Obviously, getting knocked out of the FA Cup is not ideal. Um, but are there any positives you've taken from the game? Uh, Martinelli looked, you know, every bit as sharp as he did before he got his, you know, his long-term injury, at least. He doesn't seem to have lost anything. You know, we've seen players have long-term injuries, you know, things like that, and never really come back the same. Looking at people like, you know, Hector Bellerin, you know, not you know, he just doesn't seem not just as quick, not as sharp as he was, you know, before a long-term injury. And, you know, but other than that, oh, obviously Partey got a few minutes. I think that's about it, really. I just think at the start, I don't think Arteta was expecting basically a Premier League game, you know, of that intensity. I thought he thought we were going to have a slower game in the FA Cup with more, you know, fringe players on both sides. I mean, especially if you looked at um, the difference, which we had in the Newcastle in the FA Cup to Newcastle in the league, especially, you know, the first game was a lot slower, a lot more, I wouldn't say tactical, but you could see both teams weren't as up for it as they were in the next game. You know, and we really turned it on in the next game, but... We'll have to see if Southampton can maintain playing that side for, you know, on Tuesday as well. Because, I mean, now we're out of the cup. Now we can call it a crap cup and say all we want to do is win the Europa League. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's an interesting one with the FA Cup just in general. I think, as I said earlier in the in the show, if we'd been a lot better in our in our league positioning, I think Arteta might be more inclined to have gone a little bit stronger for today. But then you look at that lineup and you say that that lineup should be beating Southampton irrespective, should be doing better than, you know, losing one nil. You'd expect at least a goal from that side. And it just shows where the kind of form is of those players. I think. Yeah. They, to be honest, Willie Ann shouldn't be nowhere near this. So, I mean, I don't know if you know, what's, what's it, um, when he was down on the ring, right by the touchline near Arteta, the ball was like spinning out, you know, for a throw into them. And you could see Arteta just screaming at him to run and get the ball. So he did a little sort of slide tackle to get the ball into play. And then he clapped him and then kicked the ball into midfield and then just started walking with his hands on his hips away. And you just think, oh, <laughs> he, he's not interested at all, this bloke, is he? Just not. <laughs> when we signed him, I thought, oh, I remember him playing, you know, when he was playing really well at mm. Chelsea. I thought, yeah, I'll take him. He just doesn't want it, does he? No, I think it's interesting because I I never fully rated him at Chelsea. Uh, it was a strange decision. I thought ultimately the position he started the game in at number 10-ish is where I thought 
his long-term position would be at Arsenal, it made sense to put him there because the amount of wingers we've got. But it does look to be like a player that we haven't necessarily got everything we wanted from overall. And I'm not sure what the solution is there, really. Uh, we do have a couple of questions, though. Uh, got one from Thomas from Norway. Is Arteta an overthinker as a manager? Um, many strange decisions at times. What do you reckon to that, Nick? Well, we don't know because, you know, this is his first job. I mean, you had, um, was it Ranieri throughout his career, known as the Tinker Man, never played the same first 11 game after game. You know, is he overthinking it? Possibly. He's just got to get the balance right, isn't he? I think today, other than putting Saka at left back when he brought Lacazette on, I think he did much wrong. You want him to be thinking about it, but obviously, like you said, not overthinking it. What do you reckon? I think it might be something similar to thinking about Pep and how he looks to overthink and whether or not that's something that's rubbed off on Arteta. I don't think he overthought the selection for today at all. Not one bit. I think he knows what he was doing with that. That lineup is good enough to win. It's full of what should be on paper creative players. Uh, Willian has created chances in his career. Pepe is great at creating chances. You know, Martinelli was very bright. He looked like he could have, you know, with some better better service, could have got and could have scored. And Ketia, well, if anything is within 10 yards of the goal, you know, almost bet your house that he's going to put a shot on target there. But I think this is our second string, string side and it's quite disappointing that whilst we've got players that we've paid good money for, have got a lot of time invested in them, that they couldn't, they couldn't do what we expected of them and that they're so poor. Yeah, it's it's not ideal that we've got this uh, situation. We're in a transfer window and you can see that Edu and Arteta are going out there and they are getting sensible transfers in. Um, I think the Matt Ryan one is one that we'll look back on and go, that's an excellent option that we brought in. Uh, second choice goalkeeper, I think he's one of the best backup goalkeepers in the league uh, now for us. I never exactly. heard of him, to be honest. Why did why did oh. they get rid of him? Have we bought well, him or have we just loaned him? He was Brighton's first choice goalkeeper up until this season. There was something that happened. Well, it's interesting. When COVID outbreak happened, Matt Ryan flew back to Australia. Um, or prior to it, he was in Australia recovering from an injury. He then got caught out there during the COVID uh, outbreak and then couldn't come back uh, to England for a while whilst the country was in lockdown. Well, he weren't going to swim, was he? No, he wasn't going to swim. And I think, if I remember rightly, an ankle injury anyway. So probably not great to swim back from Australia either. Graham Potter then has to look for an option anyway, because Matt Ryan's uh, contract is out of, well, he's out of contract at the end of the season and didn't look to be oh. signing a new one. They just got rid of Aaron Moy in the summer, one of his mates. And I think there was a feeling that he was getting a little homesick. Australia's quite far away. I think it's spending so much time back with his family in January kind of made him think that. And, you know, when your mate then goes, you know, fellow Australian leaves, I think he got a bit homesick and Potter said to him, you know what, you're not signing a new contract with us at the moment. So I've got to try out my second choice goalkeeper, which is just, it's strange to see such a forthright decision from a manager. So Matt Ryan then drops down the pecking order, the second choice goalkeeper or third choice goalkeeper, then Jason Steele. Uh, has been promised the cup games anyway, so he's playing those. And yeah, he's then dropped down to basically fourth choice. Whilst it might seem strange for a homesick player to go from Brighton to Arsenal, 
He's an Arsenal fan. And we also have a huge amount of Australians in the women's side. The manager is Australian and we've got uh, his assistant manager is Australian and we've got three Australian players in the squad. So there's a bit of a like positive clique. So at least he's, you know, he's got some fellow countrymen around him. And I think that might be another reason why he's moved to us as well as being a boyhood club for him, which I think was great that we've got someone in like that. And when you see him play for us, he'll become a fan favorite. He'll become like a cult hero for us because he loves to celebrate every goal and he will run from his box to join the bundle every time. Uh, He used to do it at Brighton. It was great. It's why everybody loved him. My only concern with Matt Ryan is that he's a little too short for me. Little bit short. He's the shortest goalkeeper in the league um, at six foot. And there's times because, you know, like we like to play out from the back, your goalkeeper sits a little higher. He's more susceptible to, you know, being out slightly out of position where you think Leno might have that extra two inches of stretch to get there. Yeah, Ryan doesn't necessarily always have that. So he gets caught out occasionally. But otherwise, one of the best goalkeepers in the league with his feet. And yeah, I think absolutely a great signing and perfect backup for us. Um, Do you think we're going to make it permanent in the summer, similar to Cedric, we did with Cedric last year? I think if he's happy and he settles, I think it would be a silly decision not to, but I don't know. We might have another option out there in the summer. We might go back for the guy from Brentford, but for me, Matt Ryan is a great option, a great backup. And if Leno did get injured, I wouldn't be too worried about Matt Ryan coming in. So yeah, Generally, I think it's a good signing from us. And hopefully the guys on the pod, whenever we do the podcast this week, probably Thursday, we'll go through that in more detail. And hopefully uh, we have, we'll have another signing in Martin Odegaard, Odegaard, Odegaard to talk, to, talk about getting that one eventually. <laughs> but yeah, I think that is everything. If Chatbox does have any other questions, drop them in. We will answer them, hopefully, if we can. I think there was another... Something else did drop in and I don't, I think I mentioned it. Yes, I have mentioned all of those. So I think if there aren't many questions, if you do have any questions, drop them in and we'll ask them in the podcast. I'm not sure who's doing the Southampton game on Tuesday, the post game show. Danny will definitely be back for that. He is not about today because he is in bed, which is fair enough. I would do the same. We could just replay this game, this pod, can't we? Hopefully, if Gabrielle puts no goal in as well, perfect. <laughs> we don't have to do anything. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> but yeah, I just say thanks, Nick, for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, always great coming on with you, Josh. Perfect. And I would say thank you for everyone joining in the chat box. Make sure, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you have. Click the little bell icon and we'll let you know when we go live. And do drop a like if you like what we're doing. If you don't like what we're doing, drop a dislike. It's that easy. Finally, up the as soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>